All right, Dave, I got a question for you. Uh, so Ghostface has broken into your house. All right, you're in the kitchen. You need to fight him off or her off because it could be one of the two killers. Uh, you can't grab a knife. They're, 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 the knife is not near you. What is the first thing you grab in your kitchen? In my kitchen? Yes, you're, you're in your kitchen. I would, I would say frying pan because it can also be a shield. That is a good point, especially if it's like a, like a cast iron skillet. Like yeah, that, that's exactly. a real. That's super heavy. It's you can't really stab through it. That's a good. That's a good one. Um, I might. Well, it's tough because they have the mask on, so you can't really throw anything in their eyes. Um, so I was thinking maybe grab like the salt or like something to try to throw in their eyes. Um, I'm trying to think. There's really my, my kitchen doesn't have a lot of ready readily available stuff. Uh, I might throw like grab like the sugar pot that's on the, on the counter to like hook it at their head. Um, uh, I don't know. It, it's I should have thought about that before they asked the question because <laughs> now now I, now I don't have much other than a knife. But even like our drawers stick sometimes. So even if I try to grab a knife, I might get filleted anyway. Um, <laughs> but actually, I think the frying pan idea is good because I can kind of just open up the cabinet, grab one, and just whack them across the face with it. Um, I don't and it's have a shield. Though. It is also you got a good point. You got a good point there. It is also a shield. Uh, so frying pan. If you can't get a knife, because you heard it here first, don't. It's not an endorsement, but if you heard it here first, you need to defend yourself. Grab that frying pan. So it's a good, good defense, miss. Good defense mechanism. Uh, so Dave, we are talking about Scream today. The new Scream, twenty twenty two Scream, Scream Five, whatever you want to call it. Um, this was released, I believe, two weeks ago. Um, yep, January fourteenth worldwide or whatever uh 25 years after a streak of brutal murder shocked the quiet town of woodsboro california a new killer dons the ghost face mask and begins targeting a group of teenagers to resurrect secrets from the town's deadly past uh it's made 51 million dollars so far that's got to be updated soon uh the rotten tomato score 77 percent from critics 83 percent from the audience dave uh before we get into the nitty-gritty of uh what we liked what we didn't like what we thought was you know, well done, not so well done. Uh, initial thoughts? Uh, overall, I was pleasantly surprised. I think with any horror movie, especially the reboots, you go in with low expectations just from the sheer volume of reboots that have been done in the past. Uh, certainly with any big-name horror brand, whether it's Scream, Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween, Friday the 13th, uh, you know, they're all... You know, they'll they've all been redone a million times. Saw has been redone a million times. There's just so many of them. And for the most part, they really don't get better as they go on. Usually it's the other way other way around. So yeah. uh combine that with a January release date and you have yourself what likely is a pile of crap, but this turned out to be a very solid movie that was made incredibly well compared to what the old scream was, but also not trying to be the exact same thing. Yeah, uh, in certain scenari- in certain scenarios, they're able to poke fun of the old scream, uh, but also make it new at the same time. Uh, so I overall, I thought it was really, really well done. <laughs> I, I I should throw this in there. This has nothing to do with scream, but I saw the trailer for that movie Moonfall during my showing. Good God! <laughs> oh, okay, it looks so bad. <laughs> it looks so ridiculous. I mean, I do like the twist that it's not like that same story of like, all right, the moon's coming out of orbit it's coming towards us there's like some sort of alien creature doing it which i think is kind of like actually not a terrible idea but it looks terrible <laughs> it looks awful like, and then like there was like that voice it's like 
oh my god like what would you do like people are clamoring to see moonfall and i was like i've never heard anyone talk about this movie as like a movie they want to see this year no no it's not and i i got on mine patrick wilson i'm on halle berry but like and i, I don't i i don't know uh, it's not really up my alley but anyway scream the new one um how many screams have you seen out of the five i think i've seen four of them Okay, I've only seen three. I've only seen one, two, and this one. I have not seen four, which I've heard is okay. And I've heard Scream 3 is, like, consensus the worst one of the five. Yeah, I've seen... I think I've seen four. I don't think I've seen three. Right. Um. Yeah, four is the one with Hayden Pence here, Emma Roberts. Yep, exactly. Right. So, well, so, so, you know, they get Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, David Arquette to come back. And this is a spoiler-full episode, folks. So if you haven't seen Scream and you're listening to the episode... Stop it right here, go see the movie, come back and finish the podcast. On your drive home, whatever, at work, eh, keep it on in the background, whatever. So, spoiler, 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 as you know. So, Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, David Arquette, they're back in this, that's not really a spoiler that they're on the, <laughs> I mean, they're listed on the website, so it's not really a surprise. Um, so, we'll start with them. What did you think of their return? Because I thought, I, don't know, I thought Gail Weathers was kind of weak. Uh, I thought I, I expected a little bit more from her. Sydney Prescott was awesome, and of course, uh, pour one out for our guy Dewey. I had a feeling he was going to bite it, though. Yeah, I, I think you're always kind of surprised when uh, a historic character from a series dies, just from because you don't want to necessarily be that director that kills someone off, especially a popular character. But at this point, it was kind of ridiculous to expect someone that's like not the main hero to keep surviving this long after all the stuff they've been through. He literally says it. Like, one of the first things he says is, I was stabbed nine times. I have permanent nerve damage. Like, like yeah. I, I've gotten and, mess. I like he, I don't, I still don't know how he survived Scream 2. Like, Scream 2, he gets stabbed, like, five times. <laughs> like, it's insane. Yeah. yeah, like, I think everyone expects the main character, like, Nev Campbell, to survive just because she's the main character. Like, you don't kill off the main characters. Like, just like Jamie Lee Curtis... You know, they don't. You don't kill off the main character and the main villain. That's what makes the series. But right. like the the secondary characters all are fair game. So for David Arquette to make it this long was surprising. So in a sense, that's not surprising that he got killed off. But it also is that a legacy character would be killed off. And like I, I would, yeah. Like, yeah. I, no, I would. Yeah. I would agree. I think Gail Weathers was like. I don't think they played her as. Her character had been in the last four screens. It really it did. It, it really had the feeling of like Courtney Cox had like two days to shoot and like they just needed to get whatever they could. Um, yeah, it, yeah. It just like wasn't her character at all. Like the way they built her up in the four movies before. And I get this is like a different movie, but they're also playing to the to the legacy characters. Like if yeah. you didn't want to do that, you wouldn't have gotten them. So right. it was just a little strange how they portrayed her. Um. So I, I will say the the Dewey death scene you saw it coming because like he was gonna go back he wasn't gonna shoot Ghostface in the face like he was, it was something was gonna happen, um and sure enough he get like he gets brutally murdered like it's very very I will say the one thing the most surprising about this was how graphic this movie was, like it was it was real very, graphic, very the one the one that sticks with me is the that the Vince guy the creepy guy I, I think no maybe not Vince but the, the really creepy dude. Who like is hitting on uh Liv? You know what I'm talking about the guy at the bar who gets the first person to get killed. Yeah, Stu Mocker's cousin or whatever. Um, that was especially brutal. He just like one shots him in the neck and he's just bleeding everywhere. That was yeah. that was especially brutal. Uh, but they were all. Well, that, 
Yeah. I mean, then you also have the one, the, the, the woman caught on fire, the girl caught on fire. Oh, yeah. Her. Yeah, at the end. Amber caught, I mean, I really don't feel bad yeah. for her, though. So, like, that's, that's oh, not Oh, no, weird. I don't feel bad for her. But it's like, this movie was definitely had the brutality of mm. a horror movie. Like, by far it, the most violent screen movie they've made. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I can't, I can't remember a movie, a horror movie, like that had the element of like kind of comedy satire that this did that also had the, like the absolute brutality of it. You know, it's, yeah. it's very unique. So I, I will, I also like the twist that the, for the first time in the series, the person attacked at the beginning survives. I did not expect that. I mean, she got, she got messed up. I'm surprised she survived yeah. that. And it, oh, well, and the, like, and the, the scene in the hospital where she's bleeding through the bandages trying to get out. Oh, it it's visceral. Yeah, that was that was such a great scene mm. of like her trying to escape, but like while she's like rolling a wheelchair, it's mm. like ripping open the stitches on her hand. Oh, and it's just like it feels like so like there's so much tension. You can just feel it. You can and, cut it with a knife. And that was uh, good. Good pun. Um, and that was uh. And, that was the scene, the hospital scene, uh, where she's getting attacked. That was the scene where I knew that uh, Richie, Jack Quaid's character, was one of the killers. Because he was the only one attacked by Ghostface who didn't get stabbed. Like, all Ghostface did was, like, hit him against the wall. Like, didn't yeah. get stabbed, didn't get, like, anything. And as soon as I saw that, I'm like, all right, he's got to be involved with this. Because it's like, there's no coincidence. Like, Ghostface stabs everybody. Like, there's it's there's got to be some sort of connection here. So that was when I knew he was... Like, I thought he was involved just by looking at him. The second he walked on screen, you're like, all right, there's something off about this guy. <laughs> like, he's, he, he, this is not good people. Um, and sure enough, uh, he, he was not. Uh, so what was your, what, so the hospital scene's up there. It, would you say it's your favorite scene? What would you say was your favorite? I don't know. Um, I mean, I didn't really love, I, I'm to pull up the characters' names because otherwise I'm going to butcher them, but um the hospital scene was probably the best one um i mean i thought i thought the scene where you're in the car with the sheriff while she like is trying to run home to get her kid mm, that's yeah and, that's like good... every time he opens a door like you're waiting to see if ghost faces behind the door also did you did you pick up that yeah the tension building was fantastic oh and i thought that was a good like almost satirical how like how often they had the doors opening and like you were just yeah. expecting him to be there it was really good um I don't know if you caught this too. Uh, they called it on Dork, but I was I was thinking about this when I saw the movie. Like, she called she she called for backup on the way to her house, yeah. and police didn't show up until after she and her son were both murdered. Yeah. Like, where where were they? <laughs> like they got they got lost. No the sheriff count. told you to report to a scene. <laughs> like, they got lost. Yeah, they were they were trying to find Snorlax on Pokemon Go. <laughs> Yeah, they're they're waiting, you know. They mm. they had to go get quick into the stop and shop or the you know Best Buy or whatever and get some sort yeah. of technology thing. So I um, would say, oh god, no god. No, I was just I would say like I thought that one was really good the way they really like raised the tension and then like very last second, Ghostface attacks uh, yeah. attacks the kid. Mm-hmm. Um, What's his name? Uh, uh, West. Dylan, uh, West. 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 Named after Wes Craven. Um. So I would say that's a contender. The opening scene is really good um, with uh, Tara talking about, um, you know, like elevated horror and Jordan Peele and the Babadook. And I mean, it does tie back at the end with the whole like toxic fandom of Scream or like toxic fandom in general, but like those two specifically. 
where like they're shooting down all these elevated horror movies because they're not slashers. And I got a kick out of the the cast list for the stab movies. That was that was a that was a nice touch. <laughs> it was like all these like '90s actors playing all these characters in this. It's it that metaverse like the the whole meta part of it is why I love Scream so much. Is how like it's a joke within a joke within a joke. And I thought they played it up really well in that opening scene. And the opening scene really, you know, it looks different when you watch it after you've seen the movie because then you know that like all right, well. Maybe it actually was Amber that was texting her the whole time, like, because, you know, she was in on it. But I thought the opening scene was really good. Also, very, very hard to watch. Um, something about people breaking their legs just can't can't do it. Um, and I think the final scene, too, the, the climax at the, at the Mocker House, I think is also, well, it's got to be up there. I mean, it, there was so much tension building. Because you really didn't know who it was at that point. Like, and I even found myself convinced that Tara might be in on it. Like, I was really thinking to myself, maybe they're right, maybe she is. And, of course, that was Richie who said that. But um, did did you suspect, I mean, we both talked about this off air, that we thought Richie was definitely involved in this. Did you expect Amber to be the other killer? So, within, like, ten minutes, I had guessed that it was going to be Jack and Amber, or Jack Quaid and character and Amber. Okay. Um, because my first thought was, all right, Amber's involved because... How, how else would Ghostface be right outside the house with the window open, zoomed in on her for that long, and then her just be okay and nothing be wrong? And then she just kind of, like, suspiciously had that weird energy to it the whole movie, yeah. where she was, like, kind of distant to her friends, and she was always, like, one of the first ones to leave the room or last ones, like, to push everyone out. Uh, and then, obviously, Jack Quaid, in, in a horror movie, just note for everyone that's like listening or watching a horror movie if someone like forces their way in to go with someone somewhere usually there's a reason why they're doing that yeah so i, I would say like i i mean i wasn't like 100 percent sure but i had, those are my two guesses and it happened to happen to be right but yeah um i was i was just, torn on the on the second one um yeah i knew richie was involved especially after the hospital scene but i really thought it might be um I don't know, Liv really surprised me. I thought she might be, a, uh, like I said, Tara. Uh, you could have convinced me it was her. Um, even Mindy, because Mindy was, you know, so into, you know, Uncle Randy's same philosophy. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I can't say I'm surprised. When Amber shoots Liv in the face, I, like, was stunned when that happened. That was such a shocker. Like, it came out of nowhere. <laughs> like, you knew there was something, something was going to happen, but it was just such a, like, whoa moment. Yeah, I. How did you feel about the main characters, like, as far as their likability? So that's my next my next topic. Right after we finish, so what would you say is the best scene? Would you say the hospital, the opening scene, or the the climax? Or another uh, contender? That's tough. They're all very good scenes. They are I mean, very good. The thing I really liked about the opening scene too is like they literally dated back to all the Saw movies about stab, about the phone call. And it starts off as, like, just, like, a joke. Mm. And it's like, oh, I think it's my mom's boyfriend. Right. And it's like, she messes with him. Right. And then the very end, she's like, I got you. I know the answer. And he's like, yeah. there's two killers. Yeah, callback. Yeah, it's a callback to, yeah, the first movie with Drew Barrymore. Same deal with uh, thinking she got the question right and she got the question wrong. Um, I would say hospital. I know. I think I meant to go with the hospital. I think the hospital's uh, incorporating with, like, the Dewey kill, too. I think that's just really... Uh, I think that's really just the, the best scene in the movie. Um, so the new characters, that's 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 a good topic. So you have Sam, Tara, Chad, Mindy, Wes, 
Amber and Liv. Those are the new characters. Uh, the kids, the group, the friend group. And so how likable they were. I mean, I really only liked, I mean, I liked half of them. I liked Tara. I liked, I think the Meeks twins, uh, Mindy especially, I think she was the best character in the movie. I, I didn't like Mindy at all. Wow, of course you didn't. Dave didn't like the nerd. Of course not. No, like, it was just like, I understand her character and like, they wanted to kind of like have the like satire and the character that was related to person to the movie and she's pointing out like all the obvious horror flaws and like the, the parts, they're literally trying to tell you what's happening in the movie while it's happening. They're literally trying to give you the instruction manual. That was how, right. that's how Randy was. He was like her uncle. <laughs> no, I know, but like, it's clever that they're like giving you like, all right, you should look out for this. And they're telling you who the killer is. And you just like, as a viewer, like you're not believing them because it's a movie. Right. But it's like, they're meanwhile, they're also, they're telling you about every character. They're giving you like the play-by-play and the, the stats and the attributes on the back of the card. Uh, but she's just like over the top and, and she's kind of annoying to be honest. She's just, I don't know. I, 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 I the twins. No, good. Like the twins were just like, I don't know. They were okay. They were, you know, they were just a little annoying. Well, I, I don't, I, I disagree. I mean, maybe Chad a little bit. Uh, he was kind of that stereotypical jock. So maybe a little bit him. Um, but I thought Mindy, I thought she was the best character of, of that of that friend group. I thought she was funny, witty, clever. Just she really, you really believe that she was related to Randy. She had that same love of horror movies. She had that same elevated understanding of them. And I think that she was just, you couldn't take your eyes off her when she was on the screen. She was just, I thought she was that solid in, in the role. Um, I mean, Amber was good for all the wrong reasons. She was psychotic. Yeah, she played that role very well. Yeah. Yeah, she was really, really, really solid. Um, I like Tara, but I live Wes, and uh, yeah, you could, I could take or leave them. I really didn't care for them. I think I think overall the friend group was just like, you know, they serve a purpose, obviously. Like, they're not... It's not the original screen, like, let's put it that way. Yeah, they're not negatives, but they, you know, they don't... I don't upgrade me. What did you think about de-aged Billy Loomis? That was an interesting way to go. It was. Um, it was a little frightening. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Um, because, like, y- sometimes you can't tell it's de-aged. You could very much tell <laughs> that they de-aged him. It felt like, it felt like looking at uh, de-aged Robert De Niro in the, in the movie on uh, Netflix. Oh, The Irishman? The- yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> you were like, oh my this God, wasn't like this? this wasn't Samuel L. Jackson and Captain Marvel level okay. good. <laughs> Let's yeah. put it that way. Yeah, this is like I was I was looking at it and I was like, oh my God, why did they do this to us? This was like movie was finishing post production and they were like, oh, we forgot to DH Skeet. Damn it! Can we get someone in the in the, in the editing lab real quick to finish the job? This is like, this is like, all right, I'm gonna give you a rough sketch and that's what I want. Like, I didn't mind the idea of it. I think the idea of it was good, but. Because I think having those flashbacks to seeing her father, you know, um, spoiler, as we just said earlier, about 20 minutes ago, there's a lot of spoilers here, uh, that Billy Loomis is Sam's real father. So she is Sam Loomis, right? Um, I thought it was cool getting those flashbacks and it led to the climax of the movie uh, with her her final, you know, hero line there about messing with the daughter of a serial killer. So something's going to happen with her eventually because, I mean... Uh, yeah, that's that that's that's not great. But I liked seeing Billy Loomis again. Uh, the de aging, like we said, was distracting for sure. 
but I liked the premise of having him involved and, you know, having her, having him in the back of her conscience because we established that she, you know, she has to take a lot of medications, she, you know, she has a lot of demons that she, you know, wrestles with, so I like that we were able to see one of those. It freaked me out, too, because at first I was like, is that, is that Billy Loomis? And I was like, it is, and then my first, my next thought was, they shouldn't have zoomed in on him as much. <laughs> Yeah, when I first saw him the first time, I was like, that can't be Billy Willis. <laughs> that can't I mean, be right. I give him credit for keeping the Skeet Ulrich cameo under wraps, evidently. Um, if that really was him, which I think it was. Um, but it must be uncredited because he's not anywhere on the cast and crew. Uh, but it's cool to get him back. I mean, he was only in one movie. so And that's not something you say very often for Scream. I mean, like, there's so many recurring characters. David Arquette, Courtney Cox, Nev Campbell. They were in, like, all of them. So, you know, I can't say it's necessarily surprising that, you know, they came back for all of them. You know, it's a paycheck. And also it's, you know, it must be fun to do because it's not your typical horror movie. Um, so, yeah, uh, it's it was good to see Billy Loomis again for the first time since uh, 1996. Um so who was your, I know you said Mindy was your least favorite. Uh, who after that was your least favorite? Um, I mean, her twin was kind of like, didn't really add. We get it. We get the Meeks Martin twins were not your favorite. Other than them. (laughs) (laughs) Other than them. Um, I don't know. I mean, I think overall, just all the kids really didn't add that much. I thought, I, I think that I disagree with that. I mean, I could definitely see that. I agree on Liv and Wes. They added nothing to the movie. Like, absolutely nothing. Even Chad really didn't add that much. But I do think Mindy, Tara, and Amber were all really good. I oh, think I shouldn't say all the kids. Amber was good. Yeah. I think... I'll, I will I will grant you that. She was probably the best out of, the, I, out of all. I was kind of considering the kids... Amber's kind of like ghost face, basically. And right. Tara's like the victim. That's so true. I was considering the other... Okay, so f- yeah, for me that they uh, they cancel each other out really almost yeah that's true because the other four like I said Wes and Liv could care less uh, Chad was whatever he was really a net neutral and then I liked Mindy so um, yeah. for you I could see why you would say that uh, you didn't like any of them <laughs> it's like it's not like that I watched it and I thought oh my god I hate these people it's just like to me they don't really add that much. And I think and that, I understand, yeah, I understand them, but I don't think they add that much. And I mean, see, it's tough with Scream because, like, I don't know if I could take points away necessarily for saying that. Okay, well, we both thought, or at least you you picked out both killers. I at least had one of them pegged. But can you really get on screen for that? Because the no. first movie, like we just said, I don't know if we said off air or on air, but the first movie, you know, Billy Loomis is a killer. Like, you know, he's involved with this. It's pretty much said to you up front. The twist in that movie was that it was two it was two killers, him and somebody else. But I mean, in Scream Two, Timothy Oliphant's pretty obvious that he's a killer, um, and you could just you just get the vibe from people that they're they're involved with it. So I can maybe take a point or two away for it being too predictable, but that's kind of the whole part of Scream, the whole parody of it, is that it's meta and it pokes fun at itself and it makes it like the killer is obvious, which is what a lot of other horror franchises are like. So I, I can't, I do take a couple points away just because at this point, try to mix it up a little bit, but overall I can't get on it too much. Yeah. I mean, overall, I, I think with most horror movies, you can't really take away 
points when when you know the killer, especially like Scream, which is basically just trying to make fun of horror movies the whole time, while also maintaining the horror genre title. Um, and it's also at the same time, like I said, it's trying to it's trying to tell you who the killers are the whole movie. Like it's they routinely keep saying like like Mindy during the, one of the first scenes they all meet each other. She's like, oh, everyone should immediately like guess the, the boyfriend. Like the boyfriend yeah. is obviously the killer, and yeah. he, Jack Quaid even mentions it at the end of the movie. Like yeah. she knew right away. Yeah. she just didn't listen. Dewey too. He's like Dewey had it nailed in the first sentence. Yeah, and you like should listen to him. It's just like those are the kind of things that most horror movies like try to hide, and they're like, oh my god, like people are never going to see this coming. And Scream kind of just like embraces it. They just like embrace the fact that all right, people will probably know, but we're going to keep it under wraps as long as we can. But meanwhile, we're going to give you all these breadcrumbs that. I mean, certainly, certainly most of them are like a loaf of bread, not just breadcrumbs. But um, I don't know. I, I don't think I would take away points because the whole the whole movie like keeps you entertained. So even if you find out who the killers are, you're still entertained by the, the whole process of the movie. Oh, I also think Vince was an absolute waste. <laughs> like he was in the movie oh, yeah. for like 10 minutes and yeah. he was obviously just another body to be killed. Like so that that's also it reminds me. So what did you think of the the motivation for these killers because the motivations have been all over the place in this franchise. Like, I mean, the first movie, the only ones I could speak to are the first two in this one. So in the first movie, it's Billy Loomis trying to kill Sydney and, you know, trying to you know kill everybody in Woodsboro and the pull twist is that a, there's two of them and B, they were the ones who killed Sydney's mother. Um, and then in the second one, it's I forget what Oliphant got involved for, but I know it's Billy Loomis's mom who's getting revenge now, and she's a part of it. Uh, and then in this one, their whole idea is they want the, it. It's a again very meta take, is that there are all of these stab movies that have come out. They've lost all the direction. They've lost their connection to the original, and the franchise has gone off the rails. And they want to give inspiration to a new series of stab movies and when i first heard it i was like all right that's kind of silly like i don't know if i love that i was expecting a bigger reveal and then as i've thought about it as the days have gone on i'm like you know what i think it makes a little more sense to me now yeah i mean i i think it kind of again plays into whole like making fun of itself and satire elm realm rather i should say but um I don't know. I, I think the motivation is always kind of lame for most of these movies. Like, I think for some of them, it makes sense. Like when you have a sadistic serial killer, like Michael Myers, like anything kind of goes for that. The whole revenge factor, the mind of a child, like it's, there's so many different ways they pull that, but I don't know for this one. I, I think the, the whole idea of them like wanting to make a better film and wanting to make a better stab movie I think it kind of plays with the whole aspect of what they're doing right now. Like they want the originals back. They're trying to drag new people in. It's a recall. It's not a sequel. Like they're, they're trying to rebrand it almost. And I don't know. I, I think it fits with the whole plot and the script and the characters they have. I don't think it would work for every movie, but I think it works for this one. Do you think it was forced how they were all related or connected to people from the original killings? I thought that part was a little forced. Yeah. I thought, I thought it was too. Yeah, I, I felt like they could have had, like, one or two connections, and instead, like, everyone has to be connected to everybody. I really didn't it think it was like, necessary at all. Yeah. I don't think like, it was I necessary. Like, I understand if you wanted to have 
like Billy Loomis's daughter, like that kind of made sense as to why she didn't want to say anything and why things were happening again. But like everything else was just like so over the top and overdone. Yeah, like Vince didn't need to be Stumacher's cousin. Like that didn't matter. Um, yeah, that was so stupid. The fact that like I like that Randy Meeks is acknowledged in the movie. Like that's cool. Um, but uh, it, I just thought it. I thought it was pretty forced. The whole connection, like that there had to be a connection. And that, that was part of this. I think just another like group, like another series of murders by the Ghostface Killer would have been enough for them to restart "quote unquote" the franchise. They didn't need this whole force connection, but I mean, I took a couple points away for that because I just think it was on. I think it added. It, there were too many threads to pull at that point. I just didn't. I, don't, I didn't love that part of it. Yeah, I, I again, yeah, I I think. The Billy Loomis thing is a really clever. Right. The daughter is really clever, and it makes sense as to why things would happen like that. Like that, that to me was like, all right, that's a pretty good end. That's a pretty good end. I didn't think of that, but the other stuff, like Stumacher's cousin, and they're you know, you know, Mindy and what's his name? What's her Chad. brother's name? Yeah, Chad. Chad, like them being related, like you know, okay, maybe I guess, but that like you're you're tugging really at different strings there. I don't know, I. I think one of them was good enough. I think when you start getting dabbling into like three or four or five or six people related to the, you know, this person and this person, I think you're grasping at straws at that point. Right. Uh, yeah. Uh, I think that that's a pretty good summation of, uh, of the I, character. I yeah. think too, one, one other cool thing mm. that they did at the original house. I was going to bring that. I thought yeah. that was awesome. Mm. That was, I thought it was a nice way to tie it together. And it really wasn't obvious for most of it. Like the house had been, you know, changed a little bit, and it wasn't that. Because remember, in the original, it was like the end of a dead end road. It was like the end of a dirt road, so it must be more developed now. The area, um, yeah, where Stu lives, which makes sense. It's been twenty five years, so there's definitely gonna be some more development over there. But uh, I did enjoy that part. That um, that and there's even some sort of like meta connection to, you know, like the Amityville horror or something like that, where like it's a house where all these murders were committed and, you know, is the house now haunted because of it? And like, are the people who live there now destined to, you know, like Amber be controlled by this, like, you know, this force now. Um, but yeah, I, I really enjoyed that part of it. Um, I feel like they probably should have realized that a little bit sooner, but I think, cause I don't think Nev Campbell says it. Sydney doesn't say it until she gets in the house. I think she probably shouldn't be able to tell from the outside. Like, you know, it hasn't really changed thought, all that much. I thought she knew when they looked at the GPS where the car oh, was. Oh, no, you're right. You're right. You're correct. She does say something like that. Um, she does say, so like, oh, my God, or like something like that. She does realize that. You're right. No, you, you are correct. Um, that's on me. What did you think of – oh, man, where was I going with this? I said another, another thread to pull on – oh, my goodness. Lost my train of thought. Yeah, you <laughs> had okay. you had to bring did, up the Stu Mocker house. What did what did you think of Gail Weathers being shot? Oh, that's what it was. Thank you. You actually perfect. That was actually where I was going. Um, so I thought it was a it was decent. I was kind of surprised that she got shot. I did like the scene preceding it though, where she, Amber comes out that she's been stabbed, and they look at each other like, "What do you think, trap?" And they're like, "Oh yeah, it's trap." <laughs> And Amber just like whatever, and she just shoots. Um, I will say this: Amber has pretty good aim for someone who I don't think has ever really used a gun very much. Yeah, that, that's uh, that was what I thought too. Hit her right in the stomach. Hmm. Um, 
and took, also, took like, one shot. Yeah, and I'm not sure how. Like I, I don't understand the scene. Like when they get him cornered in the kitchen, and Nev get, Campbell gets stabbed, and they're both kind of like bleeding with pretty bad wounds. I don't know. Like I don't think we need that. You know, I we don't. I think but I also count. think I also think it's you know to the believability factor. Like their adrenaline would kick in at that point because it's it's fight or flight. You're gonna die if you don't do something. Yeah. Um, but I did. I enjoyed that last scene tremendously, where they team up and they take out. Um, take out Amber and then Sam and, and Tara pretty much. Well, Sam really takes out uh, Richie, but I mean, R- Richie might have the, the grisliest. I mean, both he and Amber have pretty grisly fates at the end of it. Um, Cause I think Richie gets stabbed like 20 times. Uh, yeah. He gets stabbed a lot. <laughs> and then he gets his throat slit. And then Amber, she also gets, she gets shot and set on fire, right? Yes. Yeah. She, well, she, she leans back and yes. hits the stove. And right. then she catches on fire. Right. She gets shot, forced into the stove, which is on, and then she sets on fire. Um, that's another, you know, another one. What was the most gruesome moment for the movie for you? You know, I think those are up there, obviously. But again, it's it's not it, it, the fact that they're the killers takes away from it. Um, for me, it's between Dewey and West, probably, in my opinion, because West was a slow death. I I would say, I would say like the whole hospital scene that we thought was the best scene yeah. was probably the most graphic. Um, yeah, Dewey's because, death is pretty graphic. Because Dewey's death was he opened him up from each side, and then you also have uh, Tara using the wheelchair, and her hands are bleeding all mm. over the wheelchair. I w- I would say though that the climax of the house is pretty brutal with the two villains dying and then Liv getting shot. Like those are both all. And even even Chad, who survives, I can't believe he survived. Um, yeah, that would, that to me was shocking. That he, I'm pretty sure he got stabbed in like the femoral artery. Like he was not going to live. <laughs> like that that's and like that's not something you recover from. Um, but hey, uh, Sydney and, and Gail saved his life inadvertently by pulling up. Um, I did enjoy. You know, one of the things I enjoy about the, these movies is like going back and trying to figure out who was Ghostface at what point. Like. Jack Quaid was probably the one who attacked Tara at the house, right? Because he broke her leg. <laughs> like, that had to have been him. That's what I'm yeah. thinking. Amber was at the house or whatever. Um, obviously, Amber was the one that killed Dewey because she, you know, Jack Quaid was not in a ghost face costume. Um, I'm still, like, the other ones, though, you, you don't really know. Like, who was the one who attacked Chad? Like, was it was it Amber? Was it, well, no, Richie wasn't there yet, I don't think, right? Oh, no, I'm sorry. It was Richie and Sam who pulled up and saved Chad's life because it was their car that pulled up. It wasn't Gail and, um, it wasn't Gail and Sydney. But, so we know that one was, I guess you could probably figure out who was who pretty, pretty easily looking back. Um, but I, I enjoy that part of it. When you find out who the killers are and you can look back and be like, oh, well, this is the one who killed them. This is the person who killed them and attacked them. So I, I also thought well, at the end, I'm like, well, what if that, what if that video of Amber was just like a video, like pre-recorded? Like, what if they were both there? Like, yeah, I mean, it's it, possible. It's. I always found that kind of interesting. Like, when there's two killers, you don't really know who is who because most of the time, both characters aren't in the room. So it's like it literally could be anyone. Like, we don't actually know. Like, there's a there's a few occasions where one of the characters is there. Like Jack right. Wade was there in the hospital, or. Right. Or Amber is there once, I think. 
Right. Like, so there's not always a clear way of a clear view of who it is, but most of the time, both characters are not in the room. Yeah. Like, you could look back on it and be like, yeah, like I, like I said, like, you know, you put it that way too. Like, you can look back and be like, all right, well, it's probably this person. It was probably them because they were here. Um, but yeah, I thought I, I, that's just one of the best parts of Scream is that, you know, we talked about it. I think we've talked about it before because I've brought up Scream before. And it's just one of my favorite movies because it was a, a decade of horror where the best horror movies were either like thrillers with Silence of the Lambs or it was just a lot of sequels and rehashes and it was a dark era for horror movies. And then Scream comes along and it's a breath of fresh air. Like it is entirely different. It's meta. It has a great twist, actually a couple of great twists, and it has a really solid group of young actors who propel it to the top. And then you have David Arquette and Courtney Cox, who are also great in their own right. Henry Winkler, who's maybe one of the most underrated horror performances ever. Um, really funny uh, as as the principal. Um, but uh, that's what makes it a classic. And I would say... I think I liked this better than Scream 2. I didn't like it better than the original. Nothing will be better than the original. But I would say it's probably second for me in front of Scream 2. Yeah, that's probably where I would put it, too. I mean, most of the time, like, just like the, the Halloween remake in 18 was very good, but it's not better than the original. Like, there's there's very rare occurrences where that will ever happen. Well, and it's also honestly, not as good I as Halloween that. Kills, right? Yeah, exactly. Halloween Kills is legendary. Um, but especially for horror movies, there, there, I can't think of any horror movies where a sequel or another chapter of the of the franchise is better than the original. Yeah. All right, Dave, what is your score out of 50 states? That's what we rate everything. What is your score for Scream? Our, this is first, tough. I kind of... our first movie review of 2022. It is, it is. Uh, I kind of waffled back and forth on this. I've, mm. I've been kind of in a different range throughout the whole thing. I've been kind of between 79 and 83 for yeah. a few days. Uh, and I think I just settled right in the middle. I think I'm at like 80, 81. So like a, what, like a 40 or 41? I would say like, I would say 41. We'll call it 41. I'm, I'm going to go just a notch below, say 40. I think it's a solid, solid B movie right there in, in that range. There are definitely a lot of issues with it, as there are with a lot of horror movies. Um, but overall, as we t as we discussed ad nauseum before this came out, it breaks that January curse of movies that usually are just stuck in January to fail. Um, it was a solid movie with some strong performances, some good tension. Maybe not horror, but good tension. And, you know, you, you come for... Ghostface, and you got a hell of a lot of it. So, uh, I would give it a forty out of fifty. You give it a forty-one out of fifty. I'd say you know we're right, right in lockstep on that one. Um, but yeah, a a pleasant January surprise. Yeah, and and I would say too. I don't know if part of it is like the January release and the low expectations of uh, sequels for horror movies that kind of bumps it up more or what, but. Uh, I just think that a lot of times all we want to do is be entertained and this movie entertains us and entertains you from start to finish. It has a little bit of something for everyone. Honestly, like obviously it's, it's a horror genre because there's a lot of killing and it's right. like, supposed, like ghost face is scary, but it's really more thriller than anything. Yeah. It's like, not, it, it really it's is much a more thriller. 
it really it's a mystery in a thriller like because you don't know it's yeah. it's really like a yeah you're trying to figure out who the killers are and yeah i mean it's it's not conventionally scary because you know there's going to be a jump scare they're not really that inventive um but there's a lot of tension a lot of you know thriller stuff and you thought they were going to recreate psycho that was a swerve they didn't even do it um but yeah, a a really solid movie. I was very pleasantly surprised by uh by the returns we got on this one. Um and the nice little the touching tribute for Wes at the end, followed by one last jump scare. Uh that was very nice for Wes Craven. The on, the first screen movie he has not directed. So I think they did him justice. Again, nothing will be the original, but I do think it is the second best screen movie they've made. Yeah, and uh, I think they also did justice to the horror, horror genre with all the like mm. kind of tidbits they put out toward like to reference other movies like the shower scene for Psycho and they reference the Babadook and Jordan Peele. Uh, and I think it's just it sets forth kind of like a new generation where they're clarifying where they are in, in, in time. Like to say the Babadook and Jordan Peele, like those are very recent movies. Those yeah. are the last five or six years. And yeah. I think that that like makes their mark, so to speak. And uh, I know, I think I read this that Nev Campbell didn't really want to come back because she wanted to come back if Wes gave her his blessing for the right, movie. Right. And obviously he couldn't, he had passed. So uh, I think at that point she knows that she's honoring his memory by doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And and I think once she saw the script, I think she was like, all right, they're on to something here. Yeah. So because I believe uh, it, was it, the... it was well done. And, I believe it was the same guys who wrote Truth or Dare, if I'm not mistaken. I can uh, tell you that. Which is a good movie. Oh God. You didn't like Truth or Dare? I'm sorry, not I'm sorry, not Truth or Dare. No, I'm sorry. I misspoke. Ready or not, not Truth or Dare. I was gonna say Truth no, or no, no. Dare. Ready or God, not. No, I'm sorry. Ready or not. The Samara Weaver. They did. Movie. They, they did direct Ready or Not. Okay. There we go. Not Truth or Dare. <laughs> Truth or Dare is one of the worst horror movies. So, not Truth or Dare. Uh, also, what was it? Truth or Dare, Fantasy Island. What was the other one that you hated? Black Christmas? The Turning. Oh, that was all, that's all. But you hated Black Christmas, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I hated that, too. Did you give it a zero? I gave The Turning a zero and the, and Black Christmas a zero. Yeah, yeah, I still think one of our best movie reviews was when we did Collision Course. That was some of the funniest. That's some oh of the most ridiculous stuff I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> That movie was so ridiculous. I would watch tur- the Collision Chorus a hundred times over Black Christmas one more time. What was the turning about? That was the movie that had been in like purgatory for a while, and it was uh, Finn Wolfhard were in this house with a with his sister, and there was a babysitter. I think. Oh, okay, yeah. Okay. It came out January like two months ago. Oh yes, I do remember that. Yep, yep, I do remember that. Oh yeah, I didn't didn't have any interest in that one. More more proof to people listening: the release curse is real. What was it? Oh, the January. Oh yeah, the Fantasy Jan- Island. January yeah. release curse is real. This was it's very real. This was an exception for sure. Yeah, for sure. This is an exception. This is not a new rule. This is no. the exception. No, no, the exception that proves the rule almost. Um, but yeah, overall, very pleased with it. Dave was Dave and I were suspect uh, about because of the January curse, but uh, at least for this movie, uh, the curse was broken. But uh. We, uh, we'll we'll see. I know Uncharted doesn't come out in January, but I'm sure it will uh, suffer from the holdover curse because uh, that movie looks terrible. <laughs> that movie looks abysmal. So now that we're off screen, which I hope I want to first of all 
I have a couple questions here. Okay. Do you think they make another scream? I uh, absolutely. Yeah. How 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 long do you think we until we see another one? I'd say two years at least. That's, I was gonna say. I say I think in th- we'll be in theaters watching one in twenty twenty three or twenty twenty four. Wow. That would twenty twenty three be soon because even Halloween Kills took like three years. Yeah. Which I mean, well, you know, they they ready a year they, ago. They didn't release it. Oh, uh, that's a good point. It took two years, but um, clearly they didn't take their time on that movie, um, from what I've heard, <laughs> from you and Brandon. Yeah, they didn't. Um, but uh, yeah, I do think they make another one because this one's very successful. I do think they bring back the surviving characters. Um, and there's a lot of threads you can pull on the series, so I think they can they can make another successful one. I'm I'm excited. They gotta go. F- all in on the meta title though. There has to be like Scream Again or like Scream Two T O O or something like. There's got to be some like ridiculous title. They have to. Le- they can't call it Scream Two. That's Scream Forever. Scream for <laughs> or Scream Resurrection. <laughs> call like <laughs> one of these overused uh, addendums to movie titles. Uh, Scream Resurrection Judgment Day. Scream Judgment Day. <laughs> Scream. Scream Revelations. Scream Final Chapter. Yeah. Scream Revelations. <laughs> um oh man we we go all day with them um all right what's your other question and then this was non-scream related what is the next movie you were looking forward to in theaters probably dr strange no i'm sorry that's that's may uh batman probably batman yeah batman in march because that is march is that the first week of march i think it's the middle of it's like middle to early march because as bad as january is february is not much better (laughs) when it comes to movies february is Pretty bad. Really, once you get to March, when the spring rolls around, that's when you start to get the blockbusters back. And yeah. that's when you'll get Batman, Doctor Strange, Love and Thunder in July. Like, you'll get the real blockbusters coming at you then. So, um, yeah, the Batman's got to be the next one. I don't think there's anything in February. I think we just skipped over that month entirely in our preview episode with Brandon. I think we skipped over that month. I think we talked about it all. I, I don't think there was anything in there. Like, Uncharted is the biggest movie, yeah. I think, that's coming out. And that looks like... I, I can tell you right now, I, I I don't plan on seeing it in the theater. Uh, if I'm really bored one day, <laughs> I will just go see Scream again. <laughs> or or if, if No Way Home is still in theaters. <laughs> I kind of want to see Scream again and see what yeah. I think about the second time. I mean, you can also look for the like, Easter eggs and stuff this time. Um, That's true. Yeah, like, uh, oh, you know what comes out that we're going to both see? In February? Jackass Forever comes out. Oh, before. my God. Wow, that's an oversight right there. Oh yeah. Well, I'm definitely gonna see that. See, that might be the the really interesting cross section of movie we see when it comes out that we don't do an episode on. It's like, what do you even talk about? Yeah, you can't. You There's can't no talk story. About that. There's no narrative. We like it's all physical humor. You can't really talk about it. I mean, yeah, we're we're both definitely gonna see it, but um, yeah, that's a good point. So let's rephrase it. The next movie we're excited to see that we'll actually do an episode for is the Batman. Yeah, the Batman. Uh, I'm very excited for that. We have very to do excited. like a preview episode for the Batman. Honestly, it's gonna be the, the whole month is gonna be brackets and the Batman. That's it. <laughs> that's the whole month. That's how. That's how everything was intended. That's right. That's how. That's how they. We have a really happened. good comic book movie and some brackets. That's right. We already have ideas for brackets. Uh, just keep we're keeping them under wraps right now. So we want to keep the public involved. But, but if anyone listening has any ideas, we're, we're welcome to them. That's right. We're At CSL Podcast ideas. on Twitter, hit us up there. Yeah. Um, 
and uh, a little. I'll get here. We'll get a little breadcrumb, Dave. A little breadcrumb. Scream might be making an appearance in uh, 2020, not 2020, in March. Just throwing that out there. The original, not this Very one. Possible. The original, not this one. Um, but anyway, uh, Dave, any last thoughts before we sign off for the day? Uh, I was just very happy with the movie. I'm glad I went to see it. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm thankful that we've had two very famous and awesome movie Halloween fran or horror franchises do remakes and not crap the bed this time. I would also but like the first one. I'd also like the directors and writers of this movie to go together, watch Halloween Kills again, and be like, all right, whatever they did in this movie, we cannot do for what we make a sequel. Yeah. Like, full full stop, can't do it. So, I just yeah. I just don't understand how you can go from their Halloween remake to Halloween Kills. I don't understand. Well, let's hope they don't do it with Scream. <laughs> I hope. Uh, well, anyway, uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We're at CSL Podcast on Twitter. Go follow us there. We'll see you guys next week or later this week. Whenever we see you, we'll see you at some point. <laughs>